Hey, welcome to week two of Unstoppable. Last week, we talked about what it was like to have an unstoppable prayer life. You know, uh, the church, as Jesus describes it, his church, his bride, is to be unstoppable, and it is unstoppable in his power. But now watch this. The way Jesus described the church as unstoppable, Jesus described you as the church. Followers of Jesus are the church. It's not an hour that you go do something. It's not a facility that you, go, you attend. It's not, it's not even what you do online. You are the church. Well, for the church to be unstoppable, then we must have unstoppable prayer lives, but we have to build and fortify our lives that we have an unstoppable faith. You know, a lot of people believe that uh, they just cannot be religious enough to have an unstoppable faith. But Jesus is pretty clear here that nothing about religion is determining the degree of your faith. Faith is not based on do you keep rules. Faith is built upon this one thing. Are you willing to be flexible and pliable in the hands of your creator? Will you allow God, the creator, in a relationship with Jesus, his son, to be flexible and moldable? Can you be the kind of person that can be formed, can be fired, and you can be firmed up so that your life could have this unstoppable faith? This series, Unstoppable, begins with the concept that we started last week, and that is Jesus's own words, where he's speaking to Peter and he says, now I say to you, Peter, Upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Today, we wanna take a look at what it does to our life when we invest ourselves into having an unstoppable faith. I, I really worry that the American church has turned faith truly into uh, what rules do you follow? So if you attend a certain church and they say you shouldn't do this, well, if you follow those rules, then you must be a faith-filled person. Or let's say you're a part of another church that doesn't like this church, then as long as you hate that model of faith, then you must be a faith-filled person. Or I worry today that we've even taken faith and we've turned it like everything else into America into a political thought. So if you're a faith-filled person, then you vote one way or the other. Honestly, folks, I think Jesus is disgusted with how we have turned faith into that model. Faith is built in a relationship with Jesus the Lord, allowing ourselves to be formed and fired and firmed up in the hands of our Creator. Now, uh, there's a story that takes place in the Old Testament about this shapeless clay and what happens to shapeless, mired clay when it is put into the hands of a skilled potter. Now, there are four different people in the scriptures that write about this clay, write about a journey to the potter's house. The first one is Isaiah. Isaiah writes so that we might have a deeper faith. Zechariah writes about the crucified Christ that we might have a deepening faith. Paul writes about this so that we have a growing faith. 
But today we want to take a look at what Jeremiah the prophet experienced. You see, God tells Jeremiah to leave and go down to the potter's house. Now, uh, you may be wondering, okay, so that wouldn't be as easy today as you would think. Well, uh, we've, got some, we've got some video showing my friend Aaron as he is working on some pottery to give you an idea of what that looks like. But this scripture teaches us that we, me and you, we are the clay and the potter is God himself. So in all four of these writings, specifically today talking about Jeremiah, we are the clay and the potter are the hands of God. So imagine as you see Aaron's hand forming this clay, putting it on the wheel, preparing it to fire it in the kiln, that what we are is the clay that God is molding. So God's hands are the potter's house. Now, pottery and potter's houses were pretty normal in this day because that's what they used for everything. And it wasn't abnormal for a potter to have a big pile in many people's houses where there were cracked and broken vessels. You know, the scriptures refer to us as vessels and Jesus refers to us often as we need to be empty vessels that are ready ready and willing to be poured into. But today, this journey that Jeremiah is making sounds like this in Jeremiah chapter 18, beginning in verse one, where the text says, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. Now this is unbelievable. So imagine this, that uh, this morning you're having your coffee and this voice says to you loud and clear, hey, Bob, I want you to get up, set your coffee down, walk down the street and go to the potter's house. When you get there, I, God, I'm going to speak to you more there. I'll promise you I would be up and at it, right? So Jeremiah doesn't question it because it says in verse three, so I did as he told me and I found the potter working at his wheel but the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay as is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as if I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said that I would. Now, Jeremiah is telling us what God is speaking to him while he's at the potter's house. So I want you to grab kind of this overview, this umbrella. God commands Jeremiah to go to the potter's house and watch the potter work. Then God gives a message for Jeremiah's time and our message here in 2020. God uses the things that happen regularly around us to teach us, just like he did Jeremiah. Take a look at what's happening to this clay. This clay isn't turning out as the potter desired, so he scrapped it all, molded it all back up, and there was nothing useful to it, and there was nothing blessable about it, and there was nothing beautiful about it because what had happened is the clay was not being obedient and the clay was not honoring the potter's desire. So as a result, what did, what did he do? He started over and he crumbled it. So when you look at this, God is using these normal things around us to teach us 
personal, national, or communal circumstances to teach us deep, spiritual, valuable lessons. They're everywhere. Jesus would walk along with his disciples and say, here's wheat, let's talk about wheat. He would say, here's a fig tree, let's talk about a fig tree. Here's a farm, let's talk about planting. So everywhere around us, God is at work. And in this particular story, God is at work as he sees us as this pliable clay. God's desire for us, for you, is that we remain flexible, that we remain pliable, that we remain useful. Because when we are, he then can craft us and mold us and shape us into the desire that he wants us. And you know what happens when that that, that happens in our life? When we become flexible and pliable, God begins to infuse us with his faith. Flexibility will inevitably grow your faith. Being able to be flexible in the hands of God, not to get caught up in things that are not of God, not to get caught up in the things that you think are of God, but to remain pliable in the hands of God as he pushes you, pulls you, leads you, directs you, places his hands on you and speaks into your life. And we remain flexible and pliable. And when we do, faith begins to grow. When faith begins to grow, we begin to be unstoppable. So our prayer life from last week connects to faith this week. God, would you today make in me a flexible soul that I might bend to your way constantly, never ending? Because anybody that gets to the point that they're already hardened, well, that clay is done for, isn't it? That's the clay that you toss out and you're done. Now, the beauty is that the shop is still open. The potter's shop is still open. He still wants to mold you. But I wonder if we understand that when pottery is done, it has two parts to it. It is beautiful and or it is useful. Beautiful and useful. Well, that's what builds great faith when we are beautiful and useful in the hands of God. Now watch this, when you have great faith, you become beautiful and useful. Remember, the clay represents us. Without a potter, there'd be no finished product. It it would be as though we're just a lump of clay, but the potter is the one that has the plans for how he's going to make us and use us. The potter is what does that. Simply put, you and I are basically worthless apart from the potter creating beauty and usefulness in our life. So without faith, there's no beauty and usefulness for the kingdom. So faith is what creates that in us, but apart from the potter, that doesn't happen. The greater degree of faith we have is reflected in how flexible and pliable we are inside and a part of the potter's hands. We have to choose to cooperate with God's plan for us. But what exactly did Jeremiah see in that potter's house? What did he see while he was there? Well, he probably saw that firing kiln. He saw where the heat would build to such a significant degree that you could set that piece of molded pottery into a kiln and it would fuel it and fire it. And it, the fire would be so intense that you couldn't be near it. I mean, it was the type of fire that literally scorched that clay. You know, I think about that. And, and oftentimes, I think we want to avoid the fire. We don't like the fire because when it, when it gets hot, when it gets, when it gets where that fire is, is, 
shaping us and getting us prepared and, and equipping us and firming us up so that we become, yes, flexible in the hand of God, but then firmed up to live by faith with God. We don't like the fire part. We even want to pray ourselves out of it. Now, the second thing he probably saw there was a wedging bench. Now, a wedging bench where you would take the clay and you would knead it. I mean, just like dough, you would knead it and roll it, and you'd knead it and you'd roll it. And the, the goal would be to get out all of the imperfections. You'd get out the bubbles and the air, and you'd get out the, the harder pieces that it may have collected or the dust that it may have, and you would knead it and roll it, and you would continue to do all those things. And those benches, they might be elaborate or there might just be a, an old workbench. But the sensation of being kneaded being just pressed down and, and worked through and rolled out and remolded and getting shaped, all of that is preparing that clay, like me and you, preparing us for something that God has in store for us. God has, as we grow in faith, and a growing and extraordinary plan for how he wants to need and work and get the imperfections out of us. So before it even goes to the kiln, it is so worked through to try to get it perfect, to try to get it awesome. It tries to get it without cracks. The Greeks would refer to that when it would say it was without wax because when they would build something that had cracks in it, they would fill it with wax. Now, the problem with that is with the fire, the wax would melt and it would have imperfection. And so the goal here is to get rid of all of those imperfections. Listen to what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 has to say. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones for everyday use. Well, that sounds like my house, right? If you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. I mean, think about this. He sees this place that where we're kneading and working our way through this bench. It's a wedging bench. Timothy says that we have to remain this way to become useful, not perfect, but in God's hands, his perfection. See, there's a difference. The clay doesn't become perfect. The potter works perfection into the clay. Now, it's important to recognize this one big thing before we take a break. Every single person on the planet is molded from the same clay. We may be decorated differently, but we're all made from the same clay. Now, friend, listen, uh, when we look at other pottery that the potter has created, remember that when you look at other pottery that he has made and you see it as not beautiful and not useful, then what you're really saying is not about that person. You're saying that the potter made a mistake. You're saying that the potter didn't make that vessel beautiful and useful. My friend, it's dangerous to shake your finger at the potter and say, he made a mistake on that one. Friend, listen to me. Here's the greatest encouragement I can give you today. God made no mistake when he formed the wonderful you. He formed you, and yes, he will fire you, but he is working in your life. Let's take a break, and we're going to worship for just a minute. And then after that, I'll be back to finish our teaching today on the potter's house and how it creates a sustainable faith. 
uh, we introduced this song a few weeks ago. It's called Refiner, and the author of the song described it as a, uh, a dangerous and costly prayer, but one that is worth it to know the Lord more intimately. And I, I love that. So will you sing this with us? It's called Refiner. Just where you meet us Take me there, take me there What you need is just an offering It's right here, my life is here And I'll be a living Sacrifice for you You're a fire, the refiner I want to be consumed I want to be tried by fire Purified You take whatever you desire Lord, here's my life I want to be tried by fire Purified You take whatever you desire Lord, here's my life
define how I wanna be consumed. You're a fire, you're a refiner. How I wanna be consumed. You're a fire, the refiner. How I wanna be consumed. How I wanna be tried. So we left off, and thanks, Zach and team, for that worship. What a beautiful song. Uh, I left off, though, a minute ago where we had gone through this process of the, the potter, God, his hands, we the clay, you've begun to form it, and you have to center it now. Like you have kneaded it, and you've molded it, and you've softened it, and you've tried to got all the air bubbles and everything out of that, and now you have to place it in the center of the wheel. If you don't put it in the center of the wheel, then honestly, it's gone. It's, it's useless because as that wheel begins to turn and the potter begins to put a hand inside and on the outside, the, the, the closer to center it is, the more evenly and useful and beautiful the object becomes as it's pottery, not just clay. Now listen, uh, you don't have to be a preacher to figure out the analogy that comes with getting centered here. When we're centered on what God has in store for us, then our faith is growing because we are centered in the middle of God's desire for us. When we get our lives lined up with the desire that God has and in the center of his will for our life, our faith grows. And so if we want an unstoppable faith, then we've got to get centered where God is using us best and most. Isaiah wrote this in chapter 64, verse eight. He said, and yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. You can have all the faith you want, folks, but you must be formed and centered in the will of God. And I don't think that's, far, I don't think that's hard to find. It's, it's not far away. I know a lot of people just overthink this. What is God's will for my life? God's will for your life is to obey him. What do you think God desires from your life? If you want a faith that grows, then don't second guess God on everything and try to say this, well, I don't know if that's God. Well, here's what I would say to you. The more you speak with him, the more you hush your soul to hear from him, the easier it is to obey him. Jesus was clear about this. The more you obey me, the easier it is to love me. And the more you love me, the easier it is to obey me. That's how we grow our faith. But the faith doesn't happen without us being formed, without us being centered. It doesn't happen. Remember, the potter represents God, his divinity, his hand on us. Followers of Jesus are still jars of clay. We are still in his hand. We are still being formed. No matter how much fire that you go through, God is still refining you and preparing you for beauty and usefulness. And when we are being formed and fired for beauty and usefulness, our faith is rising like a tsunami 
in our life. This is God's desire for us. Now, this season where you get it formed and you've come off of the centering, you literally take a wire and you pull the wire underneath the now piece of formed pottery that's soft to separate it from the wheel. And you set that into the kiln and that kiln is at a ridiculous amount of heat and it dries it out and continues to pull imperfections out of it. Now, when, when, when that kiln is done, that's called bisque firing. It's, it's, it's a time in which, like in our lives, when we go through seasons, it's just like we're just in the thick of the fire. God is using that time to bring beauty and usefulness into our life. God has not left you when you're in the thick of the fire. God is preparing you wherein you're in the middle of fire. If right now you feel like, man, it's hot in my kitchen, that's when you can be certain God is at your side and he is firing you because he's already begun to form you. Forming you and firing you is part of how God makes this happen. Now watch this, you pull that out of the kiln and, and in many times in those days, it had to cool down for days. That's how hot it would be, it would cool down for days. But when it was cool, then you started a process of beautifying it. And if you used paint, then you would put it into what's called a glaze firing. This is where faith is formed and firmed up. Remember, blob of clay, formed, centered. That clay now becomes fired and it, it is hardened and prepared. Now it is beautified and it is firmed in this glaze firing. Listen to what, what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. In other words, don't be surprised when you hit the fiery trials of life. As a matter of fact, rejoice in that because God is using that to beautify you and to make you useful in his kingdom. And when we are beautified and we are useful, now faith is rising in our life. And you know what happens when those two things happen, beauty, usefulness, and then the faith comes inside? We want more faith because we understand the joy found in it. Don't run from the fire. Don't run from being firmed up. Don't run from that. Because it's in that moment, God is preparing to use you in some extraordinary way. Listen to what Ephesians says in chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Imagine this, that lump of clay that we all started from, God slapped down in the middle of his center wheel, put a hand in us and a hand on us, and the wheel began to turn, and he formed us into the perfect person he wanted us to be, but he never takes our hand off of us unless we choose to walk away from him. And then he continues to beautify us and make us useful. That's what we call sanctification. He's working on us. That's why the hand is inside of us, working from the inside out, because God's not interested in our outer beauty. He's interested in our heart beauty. He's interested in the inner part of our soul, the pottery that he's making being beautiful. Friend, God is the potter and he is in control. Our lives are not in the hands of some invisible force or blind fate. It is in the hand of God the potter and he has the perfect form for you. He has the perfect fire for you. 
He has the perfect opportunity to take that and firm you up with greater faith, a kind of faith that is attainable, sustainable, and unstoppable. So that's, that's worth saying that again. He will take you and he will form you, he will fire you, he will firm you up, and he will do all those things so that you can have an attainable, sustainable, unstoppable faith, beautiful and useful. That's faith. Those vessels are the kind that God works on and works till completion. Listen, 2 Timothy 2.21 says this, if you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. This is what God wants for us. But remember what I said earlier? The pottery shop is still open. The potter is still at work. God's story of Jeremiah's trip to the potter is given to help us understand the purpose God has as he forms us, as he fires us, and he firms us up, that we might have an unstoppable faith. Faith must be formed by God. Faith must be put to the test of the fire. And faith must be firmed up because the potter always loves and admires his creation. Friend, when you look in the mirror and you think to yourself, I'm just, I don't know how God could ever use me. Friend, listen, at one point you were a lump of clay and he formed you. And that potter looks at you and says to you right now, my child, I love you so much. I have created you perfectly for what I want you to be. Could you enjoy the fact that the potter's hand is still on you and in you? Could you enjoy the fact that life is the wheel and we are spun around intentionally by the potter and formed into his image to be exactly what he wants us to be? And when God does that in our life, what happens is we create an unstoppable faith. Now, I I get it. Faith can be like a roller coaster, right? But God says, if you'll let me keep my hand in you and on you, I'll take you off the roller coaster and I'll put you on a mountain climb and you will be enjoying the sights and the views. And at the peak, you're going to look around and say, all of it was worth it. The fire that I went through is worth it. Surrendering myself to be formed by God was worth it. To be firmed up and prepared for him was worth it because the faith I experience now is what my joy is based on. My relationships are based on, my future is based on, my parenting and my, my marriage and my business, my literal emotional health is based on the understand that God has given us and will give us attainable, sustainable, unstoppable faith like a clay in the hands of a potter that has become beautiful and useful because he loves you. Friend, today, if you've never surrendered your life and let the potter begin to form you, it's this simple. Just call on his name. The Bible says, if you want all that he has for you to be formed, to be fired, to be firmed up, to have an unstoppable faith, it starts this way. I'm calling on you, God, right now. I'm calling on the name of the Lord. God, would you hear me and would you give me an unstoppable faith? I want to surrender my life to Jesus, your son. And at that point, I want you to just say this one thing, Jesus I accept your dying and raising for the dead as payment for my sin. I want an unstoppable faith where your hand is in me and on me. If that's the desire of your heart, where you want to turn from living for you and live for him, then let this be your prayer. God, I'm calling on your name. Save me, heal me, form me, fire me, and firm me up so that I am beautiful and useful in your hands. My friend, if that's the desire of your heart, God heard you. And he is indeed letting you know, as the potter, he's got you in the palm of his hand. There's no better place to be, especially in days like this. 
I'd love to know that you just prayed with me and you decided you wanted to be firmed up and you wanted to be fired up and you wanted to be formed up and you wanted an unstoppable faith. Would you just leave us a note in the comments or shoot us a note at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com? It would mean so much for me to just hear from you and I'll send you some tools that'll help you walk in your faith if you would like. But I wanna leave you with this blessing as well. This is what we do every week, but it means so much to me because this Jesus we're speaking of, when you let him go before you as the potter, then he will make a way and he will make your crooked path straight. That's what the potter does. But watch this, when you let him go within you, then what happens is he will bring you a peace, a joy, a fulfillment, and a contentment because the potter, the Lord Jesus, he is always good and you are always loved. It doesn't matter how you started as a lump of clay, we all came from the same clay, but he has shaped and molded you into what he wants you to be. Let him do all that and finish that work. Remember, he is always good and you are always loved. And in days that are really difficult and it feels like the shape that God has made you, you've just broken it and you're shattered. You know the beautiful thing about the potter's house still being open? He'll take that broken clay back in and he will soften it again and he'll knead it out and he'll weed out all those perfections. Because you can trust the potter to let him center you again and remold you and reshape you and refire you and refirm you up. God is always in the business of the second and the third and the fourth chance. Come home to the potter's house. Hop on his back and let him carry you through the difficult days. And when you do, I will promise you, he'll carry you through the middle of the fire only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his big strong arms around you so you can feel him and hear him say as he looks at you eyeball to eyeball when he says, my child, I love you. It does not get any better than that. God bless you. Go in peace.